Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Your troubles cannot stop God's plan for you. Did you hear that? Your troubles cannot stop God's plan for you. And a vision of eternity, a vision of what God is actually doing, even though you can't see it, produces faithful, persevering in our lives. And so what is he telling us here? What we really need is a daily vision of eternity. Did you know that your perseverance in the midst of pain and suffering is evidence of God's power at work in your life? Today, Pastor Jim shows us how that fact alone can give purpose to our troubles. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 with his message entitled, Fighting Off Disappointment and Discouragement. We fight off disappointment and discouragement with perspective. Perspective. The way we think about things. Now, in verses 2 through 6, he talks about the rejection from his own people in the Corinthian church. He's the founder. A lot of them became Christians through his ministry. A lot of them began to grow. They began to make friends. And then when he was off doing other things, or he wasn't around when they wanted, or these other people came in and told them what they wanted to hear, they became critical of him. Remember, we talked about verse 2 last week. He said, listen, I'm not shaving the truth. I'm telling you the truth. And part of the reason they became critical of him was because he told them the truth. Now, we live in an age where people want to be told what they want to hear, even if it's a lie. How ridiculous is that? How would you like it if I stood up here every Sunday and went, okay, a few of you emailed me this week what you want to hear, so I'm going to tell you, but I want you to know it's all a lie. (laughs) Really, who has time for that? I don't have time for that. Maybe you have time for that. I don't have time for that. Verse 7 through 15, he talks about the intensity and physical emotional pressure that he was under. Listen to this. He says, verse 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore we speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. So what does he say? We are hard-pressed, but we are not quitting. Okay? We're perplexed. We don't know what's going on, but we're not giving up. We're persecuted. People are making fun of us, but we're never alone. We're not giving up. We're carrying about all of this stuff that seems to be working against us, but it's not true. There's something else going on. 
Interesting, the intensity of the physical and emotional pressure he ties to the resurrection and the beauty of serving God and seeing people being thankful to God, even if they're not thankful to him. He's okay with people going, oh, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, I hate the Apostle Paul. He's okay with that. That's why he says, verse 16, therefore we do not lose heart. Jesus is so worth it. We have been saved in extended mercy and called to serve the king that we are not going to quit. Even though our outward man, he says, is perishing. Probably talking about his body. Another version says wasting away. Yet the inward man, the spiritual man or woman, is being, notice this, renewed day by day. So there he's out there trying to do a good thing. Him and his traveling companions, I like to call it his posse. Him and his posse are out there suffering, yet they were persistent, despite what the critics said, and the word of the Lord moved forward. The word of the Lord moves forward when we keep pressing in, even if we have critics. And here we see a key. What does he do? He backs away from his circumstances, and he views things from a different vantage point. He backs away from what's going on and he says, I want to see things from God's point of view, from heaven's point of view, instead of the way it looks from my point of view. On the outside, if you looked at this man, you would say, this is pathetic. I could just imagine him coming to one of us for counseling. So Paul, tell me about your ministry. Everywhere I go, I open up my mouth and there's a riot. (laughs) Everywhere I go, there's a fight. I get arrested. I get beaten. We'd be like, maybe you need to tone it down a little, buddy. (laughs) Maybe you need to back off a little. Maybe you're a little too serious. He would say, get behind me, Satan. Wouldn't he? He would say, that's not the case at all. Things don't look like they're going very well. But what is he doing? He's pointing us to a greater spiritual reality. One of my favorite examples of this is in 2 Kings in the Old Testament. The city of Dothan is surrounded by an army looking to hunt down the prophet Elisha, and his servant is just, we're dead, run away. And he says, alas, my master, what shall we do? And listen to Elisha's response, 2 Kings 6, 16. So he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. So they're looking out, they're surrounded. His servant, Elisha walks out very casually, hmm, Yeah, our enemy's really outnumbered. (laughs) Why? Because he sees something that his servant doesn't see. He sees an unseen reality that his servant doesn't see. Verse 17, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. We're not surrounded. The enemy is surrounded. By the way, that that prayer opened his eyes that he may see. I truly believe that we as a church need to pray that for one another on Sunday mornings. That God would open all of our eyes so we could see. You want to get more out of your Bible reading? Passionately pray that before you read your Bible. Say, God, please, please, I'm asking you, please 
Open my eyes that I might see. That I might see a greater spiritual reality. So what is that spiritual reality? It's that there is a different perspective that can be seen because of the Word of God, because of the Holy Spirit, for those who want to look for it. That we can see something very different about the events of our lives if we're asking God to show us. He uses the term here, perishing. He says that I'm perishing. That actually means to be destroyed. He's like, I'm being destroyed here. Do you ever have a week where you feel like, Lord, I'm being destroyed? What in the world is going on here? It also can mean something that is spoiled through corrosion. How many people do we know that that's happening to? Bitterness, heartache, drugs, alcohol, great difficulties. So many people, their their soul is corroding away. That's just life. That's what life on earth is like. Destruction, corrosion. But for someone who is a growing follower of Jesus Christ, he's telling us here that there is a vibrant and powerful inward spiritual renewal taking place. And that inward spiritual renewal is what fuels us to go on. He uses the expression, we are being renewed day by day. Friends, this is such a key to the Christian life. What does it mean to be renewed? Well, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that, Behold, if anyone in Christ, he is a new creation. A lot of people are just living in the day of when they became that new creation. They came to God and they said, Man, I'm so sorry. I'm so messed up, God. I sinned against you. I know I did it. And boom, God makes them a new creation. Everything changes. All of a sudden, you know, there's color in the world again. They can breathe again. But you can't live off that moment only for the rest of your Christian life. He says here, we are being renewed. We are being renewed. We are being made new again. And notice what he says, day by day. So physically, the Bible says we are in Adam, we are dying, but spiritually in Christ, he says the Christian is growing every day, which he told us in 3.18, he said we are being transformed. Now you say, Pastor Jim, uh, you don't understand. You're right, I don't, okay? But you say the problems are just so persistent. Have you noticed that? You have a problem and you're like, God, take it away. And so he takes it away. And before you even have time to thank them, there's another one. (laughs) Or maybe three. (laughs) I mean, they just keep coming and coming and coming. The problems are so persistent. But he's telling us here, so is the daily spiritual renewal and growth. More persistent than the problems. You say, how? How does that happen? Well, he uses this same word in Colossians 3.10. He says, and have put on the new man who is renewed, and it's a word of continuous action. A lot of versions translate that being renewed. The idea is a process and this progress. We are being renewed. We are renewed in knowledge. Keep that in the back of your head. We have to come back to that in a minute. According to the image of him who created him, we're being renewed in knowledge according to the image of God who created us. Ephesians 4.24, the same Apostle Paul said, and that you put on the new man. So who has to put on the new man? We have to put on the new man. 
So there's a sense of responsibility that we have, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So what's the key to being renewed? What's the key to this new man being put on, this new woman being put on? He says it in Colossians 3.10 that we are renewed in knowledge. Renewal and transformation comes through knowledge. Now be very careful because he's already told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians that knowledge puffs up. And many of us know a lot of people who have a lot of Bible knowledge and they're just... Awful people. Awful people. People over the years have used the Bible to do all kinds of bad things, heinous things. So we already know, they already know we have to be careful of that. But when he's talking about knowledge, he's talking about day by day. Remember, we're being renewed day by day. And we marry that with knowledge. Day by day, fellowship with the Lord through the Word of God. Daily time. In the Word of God brings the power of the Holy Spirit to you and I the way exercise and eating well keeps people healthy. You can't really see it, but you more see the results of it. You say, but I know someone who did diet and exercise and they died. Different sermon, different day. Be patient, all right? Be patient. But for now, realize this is how we are renewed. This is how... We don't lose heart. If you will, this is how the Holy Spirit fills us with fight because you got to fight it off. you got to fight it off. Sadly, most of our failures in the Christian life is because we are obsessed with outer circumstances. We're Americans. We are marketed to that. We are obsessed with what's going on at the moment And we become, when we become so obsessed with that, we become unaware of the inner reality that's going on inside of us. We need a daily fresh filling of the Holy Spirit because we cannot live on yesterday's manna. And if you don't know what manna is, when Moses and the people of God were traveling across the wilderness, God gave them this food from heaven called manna. You're like, what is it? That's actually what manna means. What is it? <laughs> but it only lasted a day. Except on Saturday, it gave them a little more expiration because <laughs> they didn't have to work on the Sabbath. But it only lasted a day. Some people are just living off old manna. We can't live off old manna. We need new, fresh manna, new, fresh renewal daily, every day. And the apostle is teaching us that his perseverance in the Christian life, your perseverance, my perseverance, flows out of the perspective of understanding what the Lord is doing in us. Now, here's the pushback. I don't feel it. A lot of people say, I don't feel it. Well, the question is, are you being renewed day by day, or are you doing it on your own? Are you trying to be Christian without the Word of God and the Spirit of God and just being kind of a Christian person, living off old manna, or are you seeking a fresh word and a fresh empowering from the Word of God? 
Paul told the Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? You read the Bible. You need the Holy Spirit's help. You study the Bible. You need the Holy Spirit's help. And then you live out what God has been telling you to do. The ancients, they would never say, well, I know it, but I'm not living it. They would say, well, then you don't know it. (laughs) You don't know it. Pushback. Well, I don't understand the Bible, Pastor Jim. Anything worthwhile takes time. Anything worthwhile takes time. And the Lord has made us to be dependent on Him. Did you know that? That's the way He has made us. To be dependent on Him. To put our trust in Him. Every day. Jesus said, hey. Don't worry about tomorrow. Why? Because today's got enough to worry about. Walk with me today and I'll walk with you tomorrow. How? Well, you start by daily opening up the Word of God and again, as we said, passionately asking the Lord to come and to meet with you and to make Himself real to you. And in time, we will begin to sense an awareness of the inner renewal that works against and sometimes crushes the effects of our trouble. You'll start to say stuff like, man, that used to wreck me for a month. And now it was a day, five minutes. Didn't even really seem to be that big a deal. Look at this promise in verse 17. Again, more perspective. For, or we might say because, our light affliction... That's what we read about him. That didn't sound like a light affliction, did it? And it's been going on for years. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, another version says momentary, is working for us. So in your trials, in your difficulties, in your troubles, if you look at it at just face value, you're like, this is awful. He says, actually what's happening, that's what's happening on the outside, but on the inside, God is working something in you. Another version says he's working in us. Another one says he's preparing in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So after contrasting the inner and outer realities, he now contrasts the short-lived pain and trouble of this life, and he calls it light. Light, as in not heavy. Do your troubles feel light to you? I feel like a big burden. But what he does is he contrasts it with eternal glory, which he calls a weight, which he calls heavy. So what's his perspective? God is using our pain, which must be endured for a short time in light of eternity because he is working out something much greater inside of us, which will carry into eternity. So he's teaching us that this perspective is how we don't lose heart. This perspective is how we don't give up. This perspective is how we get better at handling our problems. Instead of just running, we can be more focused and more faithful. Now you know this. Most, most, not all, but by far most of all of our troubles of the past have been forgotten, right? 
You see someone, and I'm not talking about the big ones. I'm talking about all those little annoying ones. You see someone you haven't seen for a few years. Oh, last time I saw you, we were going through this and that and that. And you're like, gone, gone, gone. Like, you forgot about them. But what he's telling us here is someday, all of them will be forgotten. All of them will seem insignificant. Romans 8.17, after talking about how the Holy Spirit confirms to all people who've put their trust in Jesus Christ that they are children of God, he says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, we're going to inherit something, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So what is he saying here? He's saying in 2 Corinthians that our light affliction produces a ton of glory. That which seems so difficult now, he's saying you could actually carry in your back pocket. But the glory that it's producing, eternal glory that it's producing, but that's at work now, you're going to need a fleet of tractor trailers to haul it. It's not going to be light. So who does that happen to? In people who are willing to carry the affliction with the help of the Holy Spirit instead of running from the affliction, instead of quitting. Not only does the Lord want us to trust Him under the weight of our troubles, He wants us to see that a focus, that a perspective on eternal glory will help lighten the weight today. So by taking this perspective, by saying, Lord, this right now is awful. It's awful. But I know that you are working something in me wonderful. And I know that when I meet you face to face in heaven, this particular trouble is going to be seen for the glory that you were working in me at the time instead of the difficulty that it poses for me right now. And I'm going to thank you, and I'm going to trust you, and what will happen? That burden will get lighter. You said, I have to do that every hour. You might have to. You might have to. Now, he's not saying your pain doesn't matter. He's not saying that at all. He's very open and honest about his pain. Remember when we were in 1 Peter, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your care upon him, upon the Lord, for he cares for you. He's not minimizing the pain. He's telling us how to deal with the pain and that God is at work in the pain. See, the problem is if we only look at difficulty from earth's point of view, it's spiritual death. It's spiritual death. We will start making all kinds of irrational decisions based upon the moment and what we think seems best. We'll be all over the page. People will be like, look at that guy. He's all messed up, right? And we'll think we're doing the right thing. Because we've got only an earthly perspective on it. God is at work in our trouble. God is at work through our trouble. Your troubles cannot stop God's plan for you. Did you hear that? Your troubles cannot stop God's plan for you. And a vision of eternity, a vision of what God is actually doing, even though you can't see it, produces faithful persevering in our lives. And so what is he telling us here? What we really need is a daily vision of eternity. 
And then he takes us to verse 18. He's moved us from a perspective on the inner renewal. God renews us day by day as we're fellowshipping with him to helping us to see that our suffering is temporary, but God is doing something great with it. And now he tells us the application of it, if you will, how to do it. To stop being so focused on the seen and be more focused on the unseen. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Would you like to hear this message again? Simply log on to our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. There, you can listen to archive broadcasts, load our mobile app, as well as listen to Pastor Jim's easy-to-follow, verse-by-verse teaching on much of the Bible. You can also request a CD of this message in its original, unedited form on our website. If you would prefer to write to us, our address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. That's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Or you can give us a call at 973-659-3380. Once again, that's 973-659-3380. Changed by Love is sponsored by listeners like you. We are so thankful for your continued support and prayers that allow us to bring our show to you on this station. Make sure you tell your friends and family about Changed by Love on this station, as well as how to listen to Pastor Jim on our website and mobile app. In the next edition of Changed by Love, Pastor Jim will continue teaching through God's Word. Glance at the clock right now, and please make plans to join us next time to be encouraged, comforted, and challenged by the Word of God. You are all a blessing to us. We hope to see you next time here on Changed by Love.